This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. This is when God became very, very super personal with Moses, like a transition time. It's a transition. This is a transition for Moses. You know, there's a wonderful transition in the 23rd Psalm. Most of us can repeat the 23rd Psalm by heart. We can start off, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We can say the whole thing by heart. It's only six verses long. But there is a transition right in the middle after the third verse. Here, see if you see it. 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's the first three verses, now the transition. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over on and talks about he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you catch it? In the first three verses, it's all the third person. He, the Lord, is my shepherd. He makes me down to lie down. He leads me. He restores. But then in the fourth verse, there's a total transition, a total change. It all changes to the second person. Thou art with me. Thou preparest a table for me. Thou anointest my head with oil. The transition is going on from the third person to the second person. There's a closeness that's developed in the middle of the psalm. And this is what's happened in Moses' life. A transition has happened. And now he's leaning. As a matter of fact, in the 23rd Psalm, in verse 4, when it says, Thou art with me, the word art is in italics because it's not there in the Hebrew. There is no verb. It just says, thou with me. In other words, it has nothing to do with past, present, and future. It's always thou with me. And so Moses now, he receives this great promise from God. And it's interesting that God did not say, I will be with thee. He didn't say that. And God said, my presence shall go with thee. And when God said that his presence 
was going to go with Moses, that Moses was going to always be conscious of the presence of the Lord. And that's going to be what's going to value most in life, this conscious presence of the Lord. My presence shall go with thee is not the same as saying, I will go with thee. You know, someone can go with you and be focused on the same job that you're focused on, and he's with you, but his presence is not with you. He's not focused on you. He's just with you on the same job. And if you said to that person, can we talk? Can we get close to each other? That person can say, I can't talk with you. I'm too busy being with you doing the same work as you're doing. And I don't have time to sit and talk with you and to talk heart to heart and get to know each other. No. And the person is saying, I'm with you. But the person is not saying, my presence shall be with thee. That's why many marriages break down because they're like that where the spouses are with each other and they're doing the same job of raising the kids, keeping the home, working together, but their presence is not with each other. So if one spouse says to the other, can we just look into each other's eyes? Can we talk? Can we get close? The other spouse says, I am with you doing the same work, but I don't have time. What he's saying there is that I am going with you, but my presence is not with you. And that's why in many marriages, The spouses are together, they're busy doing, but they're drifting apart because their presence is not with each other. And that's why it's important to see that God did not say, I'm gonna go with you, but that he said, my presence shall be with you. And it would be this conscious presence of the Lord that's gonna give Moses this rest. My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. It means the anxiety that Moses felt about being alone, that's gonna be at rest. It means this loneliness, this terrible, gnawing loneliness that Moses felt, that's gonna be put to rest. It means this inner soul hunger is gonna be put to rest. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28. In Matthew 11, 28, when he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. There are two rests. There are two rests that he promised. He promised the first one in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come unto me, I will give thee rest. He promised the second one in the next verse in Matthew eleven twenty nine, learn of me, and you shall find rest unto your souls. The first rest is coming to the Lord Jesus, and that's referred to in Isaiah 40, verse two, Isaiah 40, verse two, it's when, he, when God said, speak ye comfortably to Israel, cry unto her, her warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned. That is peace with God. Once we were enemies, now we're at peace. That's the peace with God that comes from salvation. That's the rest from the warfare with God. It's finished. When a person comes to the Lord Jesus for salvation, that's the peace with God. That's the end of the warfare. But then there's a second rest that comes from learning about the Lord Jesus. That's referred to in Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you are called in one body, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, in spiritual songs, singing with grace to the Lord. That's the soul rest. That's the soul rest that comes from letting the word of Christ, the Bible, dwell in us richly, where we're teaching each other, where we're singing in our hearts these great hymns. That brings the peace of God 
in our lives. That is what is the solution for anxiety and worry and how it's removed from our hearts. The first rest, peace with God. There can be no peace of God until there's first peace with God. That comes at salvation, peace with God. Second rest, peace, peace of God. That comes from saturating our lives with the word of God and hymns, which is why we're working to make the friendship with God hymnal. A little bit of an advertising here. So Moses has, has reached out to God for a person to go with him in his life work. And there's this deep yearning in Moses' heart. And it's to know God better. It's to know God more and more. And Moses is asking this for God. He says in verse 13, he says, Now therefore I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee. So, so Moses here is asking God to show him his way. Show him his way. It's the way, the word way in Derek in Hebrew. It's the word road. It's the word, you want to say Jericho road, you say Derek, Jericho. It's the road. It means road. Show me your road. Show me where you're going. Show me your path. It reminds me of the times that I would, any times I was in Japan, I used to go to Japan once, twice a year. And I learned since about 1980 something, and I learned that business is very relational in Japan. It's very important for the Japanese in business that both parties just get to know each other well. And so I, w- I have spent many weekends there in Japan at, at Japanese hot spring resorts with customers where they were getting to know me, I was getting to know them. We were just being together. We ate together, we, we did bowling together, we sang together karaoke, we played together. I got a lot of jokes, it's just funny stories about that, I'm not gonna tell you now. We took pictures, we tell jokes. Finally, I found a people who would laugh at my jokes. That was great. You know, we take the picture, and I go, Ichi ni San Diego. Everybody laughs. So that was wonderful. I really, anyway. And oftentimes, I remember during all those times, we were building relationships, building friendships, and oftentimes I remember they would say to me something I never heard before, and they would say, now we know Cantor-san's thinking way. They would call it the thinking way, the thinking way. And I thought, what do they mean by thinking way? And after a while, I got to understand. They meant what my goals were in life. They meant where I was heading in business, how I made decisions in life. And all that, they had the term thinking way. I am 100% certain there's some Japanese character that means thinking way. But anyway, they would listen to what I was saying, and they were always trying to figure out his, your thinking way. How does he think? How does he cl- what makes him click? And that's exactly what Moses is saying to God here in verse 13 when he said, show me thy way that I may know thee. He's saying, show me your thinking way. He's asking God, show me, by the way, this is not a passive request on Moses' part. Moses is saying very much the words of Jacob in Genesis 32, 26. In Genesis 32, 26, when Jacob grabbed the hold of God and said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me, Moses has got the same spirit of the Genesis 32, 26, when he's saying here, I will not let thee go except thou show me thy way. Show me thy way. And this is what makes the difference, what made the difference, and what makes a difference today, but what made the difference at that time between Israel and Moses. Israel didn't care about knowing God's way. Israel didn't care about knowing God more and more. Israel didn't care about getting closer to God as friends, but Moses did. And this distinction between what's called 
in the Bible, way and act, is made in Psalm 103, 7. Psalm 103, verse 7 says, God made known his ways unto Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. His ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. All Israel knew were the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. Moses knew God's thinking way. And that's the difference between two people where one person would say, God allowed me to get cancer. That's, that's only knowing the act of God. God allowed me to get cancer, and that's only knowing that God allowed me to get cancer, and I'd like for God to take it away. And another person, that's knowing the act, and another person who says, I was getting too happy here on earth, I was clinging too much to things of earth, so God allowed me to get cancer to teach me that earth is not my home and that my home is in heaven. That's knowing the way of God. And that's knowing why God allowed me to get cancer. And that's the difference between the acts and the ways that are referred to in this Psalm 103, verse seven, where God said he made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. So Moses is asking God to show him God's ways, and God is ultimately where God is going. Where are you going, God? Where are you going with Israel? Where are you going in my life? What's your road? What's your, what's your ultimate goal? And that's so important for us to understand in life is God's ways for us in our lives, what his ultimate goals are for us. And he talks about his ultimate goal in Jeremiah 29, 11, Jeremiah 29, 11, where God said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God called it an expected end. Then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. God said that his expected end, he wanted to give them an expected end. It's an important word. It's expected. It's the word tikva. Tikva means hope. And so this is what God said, I want to give you a way of hope, a way of hope. And your way of hope is going to be when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus and then you find me when you call on me and search for me with all your heart, with all your heart. When you be a Caleb, a Caleb, 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 you think Caleb means dog? It actually is a contraction of two Hebrew words. Lev is heart, kol is all. So kolev, kolev means all heart. So when you become a Caleb, when you call on me with all your heart, then you're gonna find me. And this is what the Lord Jesus said. He said, the ultimate way of God, he says it in Luke 12, 32, Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That was God's ultimate goal. So his ultimate, he wants to give the kingdom, so that means in our lives, he wants to train us for the kingdom. Or if you like, we're in training for reigning. That's God's goal. Now, Moses gets to know God better, and as he does, his whole prayer life changes. And you can see this in verse 13. Verse 13, when he says, Now therefore I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, show me thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. The more Moses got to know God, the closer Moses got to know God, the more Moses saw how Israel, by their sins and by their rebellion, was provoking God to destroy them, and the more Moses was burdened for Israel, for the Jewish people, and the more Moses 
prayed for the Jewish people, and that's why he said in verse 13, consider that this nation is thy people. Moses, God had told Moses that he wanted him to leave them alone so that he could destroy them. And Moses says, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna stand in between you and them, and I'm gonna plead for them. This is what's described of what Moses did here in Psalm 106, 23. David, looking back on this passage, on this incident, on this history, described it in Psalm 106, verse 23, when he said, therefore he said that he would destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. That's what Moses is doing. He's standing in the breach. He's standing in the gap between God and Israel. And he's saying, don't destroy them. And that's what it says. So remarkable when it says, and God repented. He repented. And that's what God wants us to do as believers, to do what Moses did, to stand in the gap between a sinful, rebellious person or a sinful, rebellious Jewish people and an angry God and plead to God for that person or plead to God for the Jewish person. And that's what God calls standing in the gap. He says in Ezekiel 22.30, Ezekiel 22.30, God says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. What a tragedy. What a tragedy that God was looking for someone, anyone, to stand and plead not to be destroyed, and he can't find anyone. That's why it's important for us in Psalm 122.6, Psalm 122.6, Six, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. And that's why a person who is a friend of God, who gets really close to God, will develop this tremendous burden for the lost condition, not my people, but of God's people, the Jewish people. And he'll pray for them, and he'll stand in the breach, and he'll determine my life is gonna be that I'm gonna stand in between, and I'm gonna say the words of Jacob again in Genesis 32, 26, I will not let thee go except thou bless Israel. And then Moses pours out his heart to God for someone, as we said, to go with him on his journey. God's response says, I'm gonna be the person. My presence shall go with thee. And then Moses responds in verse 15, and he says, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Moses said to God, it's all about you being with us. It's all about your presence. And that's the highest priority. That's the highest priority. I don't care if it's the worst place on earth, it'll be the best place, God, if you're there. And what we see Moses doing here is setting a pattern for us to come to the place of saying that's the most important thing in life. The highest priority is the presence of God. And when I say presence, I mean the ungrieved presence of God as opposed to the grieved presence of God, which is referred to in Ephesians 4.30. In Ephesians 4.30, it says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Sin in our lives, the worst thing that sin does in our lives is it grieves the presence of God. And this is what David felt when he went on his sexual adventure outside of marriage, where he committed immorality with a woman who was not his wife, and what he felt about that in Psalm 5111, Psalm 5111 is when he said, cast me not away from thy presence, 
Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Sin made David afraid of losing the presence of God. You know, a couple of months ago, I ordered a Tupperware microwave steamer on Amazon. I don't know. Very heavy, very awkward. I didn't like it. So, you know, A to Z, I returned it. So I returned it. But the seller is in Slovenia. Who knows where you get things from Amazon, Slovenia. And so the seller did not want to pay for the return postage. So she just refunded me the $119 and told me to give it away. That put me in a real bind. What am I going to do now? So I leave it on my desk for a couple of months. And last week I said, well, I'll try it again. And I liked it. And I decided to keep it and use it. So I contact the seller in Slovenia and I told her, okay, I want to pay for it now. And she writes me, she says, I can't believe it. She says, you could have kept it. She said, and not paid for it. And now you say you, you want to pay for it. She was amazed. And I told her, I said that, you know, not making the Lord Jesus Christ angry is worth more to me than $119. So Moses said that in order for Moses to really know God, that he wanted to see God's glory, God's glory. And that's the difference between seeing only Jesus as a man who was a good man, but he was rejected, he suffered, and then seeing Jesus as the Lord Jesus Christ, as the great almighty God, the creator, the sustainer. It's all about seeing the glory. And so Moses is not making, again, a passive request to see God's glory, but again, Moses is saying the words of Jacob, again, Genesis 32, 26, I will not let thee go unless I see thy glory. And that should be this great desire in our hearts to do what it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, which says the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And he wants to show us his glory. The Lord Jesus wants to. He prayed in John 17, 24, John 17, 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. So Moses asked to see God's glory, and God responds in verse 19. And he says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And Moses thinks, wait a minute, what's up with this? I asked God to see his glory, and he tells me he's gonna show me his goodness. That means that God's glory is seen in his goodness. That's where we see the glory of God. When the Lord Jesus was being so good to Lazarus and his family, he came there, Lazarus has died, and he says, the Lord Jesus says to Lazarus' sister in John eleven forty, John eleven forty, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, if thou wouldst believe, thou should see the glory of God. And then what happened? He raises Lazarus from the dead. So what's that mean? That means that seeing Lazarus raised from the dead is seeing the goodness of God. Seeing Lazarus raised from the dead is seeing the glory of God. Seeing God as the provider of our food and our protection and every good thing that comes to us in life is to see the glory of God. That's why this museum is dedicated to say no to evolution and yes to creation, not because there's all this scientific evidence and so forth like that, but because evolution robs the glory of God. It robs the glory of God. That's why we have the anatomy and physiology section to show the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, this great promise that you made to Moses of your presence going with them, of the rest that you would give as a result. Help us, Lord, to orient ourselves also to value, cherish your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.